0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter number 7. Numbers, chapter number 7. Again, reading with verse number 1. I look at a great crowd of people here on Wednesday night. And uh, I told Brother Austin I was glad that their youth room wasn't ready yet. More people here. That also told me that we did a good job of keeping it a secret who was preaching tonight. Uh, I am thankful. Thankful to be in this church. Numbers chapter number 7. Verse number 1. And it came to pass on the day that Moses had fully set up the tabernacle. And had anointed it and sanctified it and all the instruments thereof. Both the altar and the altar all the vessels thereof, and anointed them and sanctified them. Just skip to verse number three. And they brought their offering before the Lord, six covered wagons, and twelve oxen, a wagon for two of the princes, and for each one an ox. And they brought them before the tabernacle. And the Lord spake unto Moses and said, Take it of them, That they may be to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt give them unto the Levites. You're going to give these wagons, these oxen to the Levites. The Levites were the priesthood. They were the ones in charge of the tabernacle. To every man according to his service. And Moses took the wagons and the oxen And gave them unto the Levites Two wagons and four oxen he gave To the sons of Gershon According to their service Four wagons and eight oxen He gave to the sons of Miriah According to their service Under the hand of Ithamar The son of Aaron the priest Verse number 9 says But unto the sons of Kohath He gave None, because the service of the sanctuary belonging to them was that they should bear it upon their shoulders. Kohath, their job was to carry the Ark of the Covenant. The other priests were given their job. Their job was to transport the tabernacle. And to each one of these priests were given these wagons and the oxen to help them carry this tabernacle. You know, the tabernacle is a mobile thing. But Kohath didn't get a wagon. No oxen, no wagon given to Kohath. I'm going to just continue for a few minutes tonight uh, what I spoke just a little bit about on Sunday morning, how that... God said he delivered himself into captivity. His, his story was the way that he put it in Psalms was that he delivered himself into captivity. The Israelites said the ark was stolen from us. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to carry on from that for just a few minutes tonight. Is that all right? Turn around and tell somebody you may be seated. I hope tonight, Brother Craig and I was talking just before service and we were talking about preaching. And, you know, a a preacher, minister, whoever's preaching, uh, we we hope you get the point by the time we're finished, you know. We're kind of reminded of a story of a football coach that was coaching and he had halftime came around and they were getting beat pretty bad. I mean, it was just, it wasn't looking good for him, you know. So, went into the locker room and was going to give his halftime speech. Going to try to inspire him to do better, you know, brother Stan. And so, he he got all the, the team gathered around in the locker room. He had a box there. And he reached down in this box and pulled out a little baby alligator. Took that little baby alligator and he just... Put it down close to his leg, and that little baby alligator just clamped down on the meat of his leg. I mean, and just hung on there. So he was walking around giving his speech with that little alligator just clamped onto his leg. Blood starting to trickle down, you know, where the alligator got him. Coach said, "Sometimes you got to play through the pain. Sometimes you got to you got to keep going when things get tough." He kept giving his speech you know and finally got through giving his speech he reached down and poked the little alligator in the eye and the alligator let go And well, he held that alligator up in front of the team he said any of you don't want to try it most of them shaking their head no kind of backing away and there's one big old offensive lineman looked up there and said coach he said I'll try it but you just got to promise not to poke me and I so he didn't get the point I hope before we're done, you get the point. Amen? So if, if somebody next to you is not getting the point, you might have to poke them in the eye, right? Hope, hopefully not. But the tabernacle that Moses was given the commands to set up, the tabernacle was something that they took everywhere with them. It was mobile. It was a big place. It was a big undertaking to to get this tabernacle moved when it came time for God to direct them into another place. And and I read in one one part where that one of the sections of the curtains of the tabernacle was 46 feet long and 6 feet high. There were 10 sections like that that came to 460 feet of curtain that went around the the tabernacle. The Ark of the Covenant, though, it has been estimated by some to weigh just under 300 pounds. It was overlaid with gold. Inside of the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's rod that budded the tables of stone, the Ten Commandments, which would have made it even heavier. And when it came time to move, the Bible said that all of the priesthood were given according to their job or to their service, given a wagon and some oxen. And you, Those of you that are in charge of the uh, of the curtains, you're going to have a wagon. You put all your the curtains on and, and then... the Oxen will pull it so you, you know, you can carry the, the tabernacle with you. But when it came to Kohath, Kohath and his sons were, it was their job to carry the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant had to be carried on the shoulders of the priesthood. You can see that. The wagons were given according to their service, you know, and uh, there were some that were, their job was to carry the table of showbread. The the altars had to go, you know. All of these things were involved in the tabernacle, and so that mobilization of uh, of the tabernacle was made easier by these carts and oxen that were given to the priesthood. You know, Gershon, he got two wagons. He got two wagons and four oxen. Two oxen for each cart, you know, two wagons. Miriah, he, he had four wagons and eight oxen. Two oxen to carry or to pull each cart. But Kohath, he didn't get a wagon. Because the only way that the Ark of the Covenant, which was representative of the presence of the Lord... The only way that that could be moved was on the shoulders of men. You know, there's a lot of things that we do here in this in this church building. Some people said four walls. We can't say that. It's got to be more walls, you know. Take me a minute to count them all and I might have to take my time to do that. But we've got a lot of singing, a lot of instruments, a lot of things like that. Can you imagine having to, and we've we've done outdoor services before, you know, and you had to set up sound equipment, had to set up uh, drums and music and all of that kind of stuff. And all of that had to be mobilized and moved. But when it came to the presence of the Lord, the only way that the presence of the Lord could be moved was on the shoulders of men, you know what? Too many people want the presence of the Lord to move, but it'd be much easier if we had a cart. It'd be much easier if we could, you know, Kohat. Why couldn't I get a cart? I mean, you know, Mary, I got a cart, and Gershon, he got carts, and and so everybody's got carts. And Kohath's like, I got the heaviest thing here. You know, we're carrying a box around that that represents the presence of the Lord. This. This Ark of the Covenant. And it's a lot of weight to carry around. Why why can't we get a a cart? It would be easier if we could kind of just go around and do some things an easier way. But I'm telling you tonight that the only way that the presence of the Lord can move in this church, it's going to be upon the shoulders of men and women here in this place. It'd be much easier if we could just kind of, if some, if some way or another, you know, just give us a cart. We could put the presence of the Lord on it and kind of wheel it in whenever we needed it. You know, we could wheel it in and then, then wheel it. But, but the only way the presence of the Lord was to be moved was by the shoulders of the men in the priesthood. I'm thankful, I mentioned this on Sunday morning, I'm very thankful for those who are just starting out, new converts. Aren't you thankful for all of our new converts? Very, very thankful. And I'm I'm thankful for, uh, I'm even more thankful uh, every day for those who are our leadership, our pastor, our bishop, youth pastors, ministry and uh, be free directors and music directors and Sunday school teachers and Lord I got started naming them and I know I'm I'm not intentionally missing anybody but it is it, it's it's a wonderful thing to have the leadership that we have here at Bethlehem church but you know that that the thing is is that those of us that are here day in or three times a week you know we're here twice on Sundays and then, on Wednesday nights and and it's it's we've been in church all of our life, Brother Patton we've we've been coming all of our life, you know. And it'd be much easier, you know, sometimes if we could just get a cart to wheel that the presence of the Lord in on, you know. But but it cannot be done that way. The only way that it's going to happen and the only way we're going to have the move of the presence of the Lord that we need Is gonna be when men and women bear that upon their own shoulders. I mentioned it on Sunday morning. We talked about it just for a moment or two, about how that the story of the Ark of the Covenant being stolen is a story that we've all heard. How that you know the children of Israel had had. That they, it had always been that they consulted God before going into battle. You know that that was that that was the common thing. That that wasn't something that they just started. They they would seek the face of God and and the the prophets of old and uh, all the way back into the Book of Genesis. They would seek out what they should do. And the, the Israelite story was that uh, when they got defeated in battle on one day and lost thirty thousand men. One battle, one day. They decided we need to get the Ark of Covenant out here because we just got we just got beat bad. And 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 they start looking around, you know, and and kind of uh, I would say probably pointing fingers at one another Did you, Didn't you talk to the Lord about this? I mean, I, I would have But I was, you know we, They started the battle early You know, I had to hurry up and get out there And that's kind of the things and the way things go And we kind of go through the motions And we, we're here But sometimes we're not here I, I remember uh, being at Jackson, Mississippi At Jackson College Ministries And their choir uh, concert they used to have Back years and years ago When I was a teenager and Brother Thomas Craft I won't ever forget He pastored the church in Jackson Mississippi Brother uh, Tucker you, you know who I'm talking about And uh, he got up that night And uh, he said For those of you that are here tonight He said And I know some of you are I really don't think he meant to be funny. I think he said it accidentally, but he was right on the money for sure. But that's what it is. Sometimes we're here, but you heard people being here, but they're not all there, right? But those of us who are used to going through the motions, and, and the story goes that they brought the Ark of the Covenant out onto the battlefield, and... That next day, during the next battle, the ark, they said, was stolen from them. The Philistines stole the ark of the covenant. But to hear God's side of the story, in Psalm 78, God said that He forsook Shiloh and He gave Himself into captivity. He said, I would rather be over there with the heathen Philistines who at least know my power than to be back in Shiloh with a bunch of folks that all they're doing is going through the motions. They're not really seeking me. They are not really They really don't care what I have to say about it because it's kind of gotten to the point where we're just kind of having church and, and, and we're going through. We can't afford to just go through the motions, can we? What we need in this day is a Holy Ghost revival. A red hot Holy Ghost revival. God, His side of it was, I, 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 I'm not going to be treated like something you pull out just in case of emergency. You've seen things and, and there'll be, a, sometimes you'll see a, a piece of glass on a box on the wall, maybe a red box in that glass and it says, in case of emergency, you break the glass and get in there and get the fire extinguisher, whatever. Only in case of emergency you do you use this exit. This door, you sit that door, it it's a it's a door. It could be used. But but when you've got that, they got the alarm on it, you know. And if you go out this door, the alarm's gonna sound because it's only to be used in case of emergency, and that's where. The people or the children of God were at that point in time, and God said, "I'm going to give myself over to captivity. I'd rather go stay with the Philistines than for than for Israel for you to treat me like a spare tire. Only get me out whenever you got an emergency, you've got a flat, and you're going to go get the spare tire, right?" that's that's all that's all he was had become to them at that point in time. The Ark of the Covenant, everything God represented was wrapped up in the Ark of the Covenant. That it was 45 inches long, 27 and a half inches deep, 27 and a half inches wide. It, it was the Ark of the Covenant was where the glory of God rested. This wasn't just a, a, a keyboard. It wasn't just a A a podium or just a pew It was representative of where the presence of God was On top of the Ark of the Covenant was the mercy seat And between the wings of the cherubim That's where the Bible said that the glory of God rested So 30,000 men have lost their lives after the first day of battle they're they're scratching their head you see the israelites weren't used to losing so when they did lose it was something that well, we need to talk about this cuz something's not right here you know when you when you when you when you've got a god as great as ours is and we don't lose and then you lose you you probably need to find out why and so it was that they were talking and they were trying to figure out what they should do. And they bring the Ark of the Covenant out onto the battlefield. And the Bible said when the Ark of the Covenant comes onto the battlefield, that, that all of Israel shouted with a great shout. So much so that the earth rang with their shouting. Now, I, I, I get the picture here. 30,000 men have lost their lives in one day's battle. And the Philistines are in their camp, Israelites are in their camp, Philistines are enjoying their victory of the day, you know, they they kind of high-fiving each other and, you know, way to go, we, we put it on them today. And all of a sudden you hear a shouting from the camp of the people who just got beat, who just were defeated on the battlefield. So much so that the earth rang. And when they heard that the Ark of the Covenant had been brought into the Israelites camp, the Philistines knew about the presence of the God of Israel. And so when the Ark was stolen, they take it over and put it into the... They, they take the Ark to the camp of the Philistines and put it into the same room where Dagon their idol god was so they kind of put the ark of the covenant in there with Dagon and they went on to bed next morning they got up and said well we'll probably ought to go in and see how the two gods got along see see how they they made it through the night you know came in and 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 found out that, that Dagon had fell over on his face and, and the Bible says that you I take time to read it all, but you trust me or read it yourself, whichever one you want to. The Bible said they thought maybe a great wind did blew in, you know, maybe somebody left the door open, you know, and big wind blew in, and Dagon fell over on his face. So they, they set Dagon back up, you know, probably shimmed him up a little bit, got him leveled off there, brother. Stay in make sure he don't fall over again, you know. So they went on and went, went next 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 morning, they get up and go back and check to see how the two gods got along, you know. Next morning, Dagon had fell over again. This time, his head had broken off and both of his hands had broken off. And if, if that weren't enough to tell you, 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 don't, you don't mess with this God. The Bible said, and, and, and I'm not going to get too detailed with it, but the Bible said, that God gave the Philistines emrods. That's what it called it. E-M-R-O-D-S. Some of you might know what that is. Uh, it's hemorrhoids. It's what the Bible said. It gave, gave the Philistines that terrible. I'm telling you what, emrods wipe a smile off your face. Y'all smiling now. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about or not. Smile now, but I can tell you what Philistines weren't smiling. <laughs> That's what happened. So the Philistines said, "We're gonna get rid of this thing. Something, we, you know, we can't can't keep the this this ark's causing all kinds of problems." Dagon's fell over in his face; his heads broke off, his hands are broken off. We've got all this stuff going everywhere. The ark of the covenant was in the in the land of the. Enemy problems, trouble. They decided we're going to get rid of this thing. So they actually, for a long time I thought that that was when they brought the Ark of the Covenant back. David brought it back, but it wasn't. In fact, they found a place in the house of Abinadab. He was an Israelite, one of the Levites, one of the priesthood. And they took the Ark of the Covenant there first. And when they took the Ark of the Covenant there, 20 years passes before the Ark ever goes over Nacon's threshing floor and David bringing back the Ark of the Covenant, you know, so... And and in the house of Abinadab, Abinadab, the Bible said, had three sons. Three sons. One son, his name was Ahio, A-H-I-O. And Yuza was another son. And then the son, Eliezer, was the son that the Bible said kept the Ark of the Covenant. He was the keeper of... Of the ark, I, you know, I, I wasn't there, and I, I, I didn't hear everything that went on in there. But I've got a pretty good idea that whenever the that, that the ark of the covenant came into the house of Abinadab, one of the priests, uh, and and he probably talked to his sons. You know, we got to have somebody's going to have to keep the ark. so somebody needs to keep the ark, and uh, he's got three sons there, and you know, and, and so after. Uh, Talking to his three sons, Eliezer is the one who is sanctified to keep the ark. I, I have a feeling that somewhere in that conversation, maybe uh, whenever Abinadab said, some, "One of y'all gonna have to keep the ark," we need somebody to keep it. Ohio, Ohio probably said, "I got some room out in my shed. We could put it out there, you know," or uh, may have said, "You know, we could put it out in my barn. I got a little extra room out there." We could Keep it out there. But they weren't getting the point. They needed to be poked in the eye. Because they weren't getting the point. Because keep did not mean to store. When I began to look at this word, to keep the ark, that Eliezer was sanctified to keep the ark. Eliezer, he was to guard, to keep watch and ward, to protect. To be on one's guard. It wasn't about just just putting the ark somewhere and having a place to let it sit. It was somebody had to be on guard and make sure to stay awake. Even one definition says stay awake. To keep or to be a keeper of the ark of the covenant. I, I, you know, just... Kind of thinking of how the conversation may have went. Use a, after he found, finds out. Well, it's is not about a place to store it. It's not about a place just to sit it and, and allow it. You know, to have room for it. But somebody's going to have to stay up. Somebody's going to. This is going to have to be something that you're going to have to take this to heart. And and we the, the ark is 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 now moving back to the place where it needs to be. Back with the, the, the children of Israel. It, we, we've got it headed in the right direction. So uh, we can't allow anything to happen to, to thwart what's going on here. Because all this time, the saddest part of the story is that in Shiloh, where the ark used to be, they kept doing things the way they'd always done them. They kept offering sacrifices they kept going through all of the rituals and the routines of, 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 as if the presence of the Lord was still there. But keep meant to guard it, you know. Can you? Eliezer had to make up his mind that I am going to watch guard. I'm going to make sure that the ark is protected. I'm not going to allow anything to happen to it because. See, Eliezer had bought into this thing that the presence of the Lord needs to get back to Israel, and we need the presence of the Lord in our midst. But, but using Ohio, they, they had, uh, you know, well, I, I would, Dad, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. i got some stuff going on, you know. i got some things i got to take care of. And, you know, they, they were all pretty young guys, I guess. And, I don't know, Brother Trey. Can you imagine trying to pick up chicks, trying to hold on to the ark? You know, everywhere you went, you had to take the ark with you. Trying to get a date, you know. Everybody's already heard of everything that's going on with this ark, and there've been there've been so many lives that are lost. Everything, all of it, over the ark. And 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 two of them didn't want anything to do with that. I mean, that's going a little too far, you know. They, Much easier, we just get a cart, we put it on, you know. But Eliezer was sanctified to keep the ark. It's something you have to form a habit of taking care of. It has to become part of your life. And if you and I are going to protect the presence of the Lord and it being in our midst, we're going to have to make it a point to take care of the ark of the covenant. The Bible says Eliezer kept the Ark of the Covenant. For 20 years, he did this. 20 years. A keeper of the presence of the Lord. He, 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 he basically had said, I never again want to be without the presence of the Lord. But here Israel is, all they, they can think about is, you know, when we lose a battle, and we need it. Just in case of emergency, we need you. And as David was getting ready to, wanted the ark back, David becomes king and he is, he is desired. You know, the, the, sad, the other sad part is hardly anybody in Israel even asked about it. And no, nobody's really concerned about where it was. They were still doing what they always did. Kept on going through the motions. And it came time for the ark to be moved from the house of Abinadab. Eliezer had been keeping it for 20 years. The Bible said that they put it on a cart. They put it on a cart. And when the ark came to Nacon's threshing floor, there was a terrible thing that happened there because the Bible said Ohio drove the cart and Yuza ran out in front of the cart waving at everybody, hey, this is the ark of God coming through here. Everybody back up. It's amazing to me how Eliezer's name's not even mentioned because when it comes to the public. Show of bringing the ark of the, pres- the presence of the Lord back into the house of Israel, that all of a sudden, Ahio and Yuzah, they won't get involved. But Eliezer was the only one that was willing to privately and do what it took to keep the presence of the Lord. He was the one that was willing to get in there and pray whenever nobody else was praying. He was the one that was willing to worship when nobody else would worship. And the Bible said that whenever the ark came back that it looked like the ark was going to tip off of that cart because the oxen shook it. And the Bible said that Uzzah stretched out his hand to steady it and God smote him dead. I don't know about you tonight but I think and I hope you got the point tonight. I hope you don't have to be poked in the eye to get it out. We, we've got to make sure that we have the presence of the Lord with us. It's got to be more than just a, a passing thing. Can you say amen? Why don't you stand together? I want to make sure that I'm a keeper of the presence of the Lord. I want to make sure I'm willing to do whatever it takes to keep the presence of the Lord Where it belongs Can you say amen Why don't you just lift your hands right now And let's go to the Lord in prayer Would you just talk to him for a moment God we love you And we thank you God for your presence That we felt so many times But God would you forgive us For the times that we haven't been Willing to keep To to make sure that the presence of the Lord was here God help us to go from this place tonight Help us, oh God, to be able to leave this place with a made-up mind to be a keeper of your presence. Why don't you do this? Just gather in just for a moment or two and let's just talk to the Lord for a few more moments before we're dismissed. I feel like I need to ask God to forgive me for times that I haven't been doing everything that I should have done. Would you just lift your voices and begin to talk to Him right now? Come on, do that right now. Lord, we love you. God, we need you. We need your presence. We need a revival, oh God. We need your presence in this place. We can't do anything without you, God. We've, we've realized that, God. God, forgive us for not doing everything that we could. Talk to him for a few moments for yourself. Would you do that?
1: lift our hands and lift our voices unto God right now. If you want His presence in your life at all times, let Him know it by opening up your mouth and speaking to Him. I hear a lot of whispers going on, but can I hear a little bit of prayer for a minute? Hallelujah. Jesus, we want You, God. We want Your presence. God, forgive us for every time we've neglected Your presence and just wanted to carry it on a cart, God. Every time that we just wanted to have the easy way out, Lord, I want the weight of your glory to be upon my shoulders, God. I want the weight of your glory to be upon my shoulders, God. That everywhere I'm going, I've got the presence of the Lord upon me. In the name of Jesus, I want your presence. I can't make it without you. I can't live without you. I can't can't survive without you, God. I need your presence. I need the glory of God in my life. I need the Spirit of the Lord. Take over and rule and reign in every part of my life, every aspect, every day, every moment, every second. Let the presence of the Lord be upon me, God. I want to carry your presence, God, on my shoulders. I don't want it in a wagon behind me, God. I want it on my shoulders, God. I want it on me, God. Let the presence of the Lord be upon me. Let it be upon us all, oh God. Let the anointing follow us everywhere we go. Let the anointing be upon us everywhere that we go. In the name of the Lord Jesus, come on, let's pray for a little bit. Come on, let's pray for a little bit.
2: Hallelujah,
1: God, we want you. We want you. We want you. We want you, Jesus. in this house right now. Let the presence of God fall in this house right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We desire you. We want you, God. We want nothing else but you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands one more time. The presence of God is still in here. We still have people praying that need a touch from God hallelujah God in the name of Jesus pour your presence out upon every person in this room let rivers of living water flow in this house oh God let rivers of living water rivers of life flow in this house and let it let it make make uh, every dry place a a flourishing place let every desert land be turned into a a place of life in the name of jesus i pray that the rivers of living water would flow into every barren place into every dry place oh god in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of Jesus, every person that's been dead, every person that's been dry, every person that's been away from the presence of God, I pray right now that the presence of the Lord would be restored in their life, that the, that the rivers of living water would be restored in their life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you know it, why don't you sing this chorus right now? I just want you. Come on, sing it from the bottom of your heart like you mean it. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. I just.